Welcome to the Abbott Circle podcast. I'm Father Ambrose Christ, and I'm the novice master here at St. Michael's Abbey. We hope that you enjoy the following recording. To learn more about the Norbertines, visit theabbotcircle.com. God bless you. Sometime in the 20th century, biblical archaeologists discovered a very ornately carved marble box, and it was inscribed Caiaphas. It is known as the Caiaphas ossuary, ossuary, which just means a bone box. After a body had decomposed in the tomb, then the bones were, in a sense, reinterred. And if the person who had died had been of a special dignity or status, the box used would be correspondingly ornate, beautiful. This box is indeed very beautiful. It is empty. And it is something that you would look at behind glass in a biblical archaeological museum with your hands behind your back, making sure not to touch the glass. Go to the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. You walk in and you see a beehive of activity. It is a place that has a lot of tension in it, it's true. But there's no mistaking that the one whose tomb this is, is very much alive. This is a place where you don't put your hands behind your back and stare at things. You get down on your hands and knees. You touch the anointing stone. You get oil on your hands, on your garments maybe. You go upstairs. You put your hand into the hole in which the cross was placed. Everything is hands-on and tactile. And there is no mistaking that the one who was entombed here is risen, he has died and will never die again. It's so obvious, it's so beautiful. Sometimes we can miss the obvious. Something can be staring us right in the face and we don't see it for what it is. In the Gospel today, some see the raising of Lazarus, which is that thing that Jesus had done, which is mentioned in the first verse. They see it as a call to faith. Others see it as gossip. Let's go and tell the Sanhedrin. Let's go tell the Pharisees. Caiaphas sees the killing of Jesus as the obvious solution to his popularity. St. John sees the very prophecy uttered by Caiaphas as an obvious fulfillment of Christ's mission. And we see what? We have the whole story before us. We have the sorrowful mysteries to pray. We have stations to make. We have art and even movies to show us the story again and again. And what 
does it mean for us? What do we see? G.K. Chesterton once said that the greatness of something is often missed, not because it is too small, but because it is too large and too close to be seen. He says this about appreciating all that we have inherited in the church, all that God has given us. And indeed, this great thing is happening as the scriptures are read to us today. I will take the children of Israel from among the nations and make them one nation, and there shall be one shepherd for them all. And indeed, as Caiaphas makes his prophetic remark, we are among those dispersed children of God whom St. John says are gathered together by the Christ. What should be obvious about all of this, about the fact that Caiaphas is dead, his bones are nowhere to be found, and he is kind of a monument? <laughs> in a museum, and the Lord is alive. The Lord has done something for us which we will be meditating on in an intense way this coming week during Holy Week. And it seems kind of overwhelming. There's so much to think about, so much to see. We should look to the New Testament to see what was obvious to St. Paul, what was obvious to the apostles about what had happened. And we find the New Testament saying what should be obvious to Christians. We are the enlightened ones. We are those who have been washed and sanctified. And we are beloved. If we can remember those things during this week, we will see how the Lord Jesus in his passion is enlightening us to see the true value of the things of this world and our own status as children of God. To be grateful for how we have been washed, sanctified, and forgiven. And above all, how we have been loved. To act as though we have no light, to act as though we are in darkness, is to betray our identity. It's not who we are. To act as though we are unforgiven is to betray our identity. It's not who we are. To act as though we are not loved and beloved with a love that goes beyond anything we could imagine is not who we are. These are the obvious things. These are the things we must keep in mind. It's so easy to play the part of those who are in darkness or who are unclean and unforgiven or who are unloved. To think of ourselves in those three ways is to be subject to the influence of the devil. We do not want to give him authority to tell us who we are, what our identity is, but rather 
whom the Lord says we are. We are loved, enlightened, and forgiven. And that helps as we enter Holy Week to focus on those clear, obvious things that the Lord so wants to impress upon us as he undergoes so much, the violence, the brutality, the betrayal of friendship, the howling of mobs, the manipulation of priests, people, and political leaders. Through all of that, the Lord Jesus impresses upon us the fact that even in his death, he makes us to live, giving us cleansing and friendship and light. If we don't know what the Lord has done for us, then as the passion unfolds, what will we think? Instead, let us think about what the Lord is doing for us, what he's giving for us, what he's giving to us. And that the same Lord who suffered so much in Jerusalem so long ago is still the living one, is still the living one, sanctifying, forgiving, and loving us. Thank you for listening to the Abbott Circle Podcast. If you enjoyed listening or were spiritually nourished, please leave a review to help our podcast grow. Thanks again. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to the Abbott Circle Podcast. If you enjoyed listening or were spiritually nourished, please leave a review to help our podcast grow. Thanks again. God bless you.